Welcome to Divisive Issues, a normally spoiler-filled foul-mouthed comic book podcast where we talk about comic books, but today it's a little different. I'm here with Daryl. Hi. And he's only going to be here for the next, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. I'm being kicked out just like Phil and Sly were kicked out. (laughs) So Phil is away for a month, so we're going to be doing some extra fill-in stuff. Maybe Daryl will be there, maybe he won't. Yeah. And today we're going to be talking about Captain America and how he's a Nazi now. What? He's a Nazi now? <laughs> yeah. But, well, he's Hydra agent. Which is Nazis, right? Oh, well, it depends. Not all Nazis. Oh, yeah. Not all Hydra agents. <laughs> yeah, not all Hydra. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> so, just to contextualize a little bit, because we get into the weeds a little bit. So, since 2002-ish, I'd say that's the start of modern Captain America, he's been in a civil war, and then right after that he died... But he was actually lost in time, basically mm-hmm. like Slaughterhouse Five, Billy Pilgrim, <laughs> and his sidekick Bucky took over, who was also back from the dead. Then Steve came back, and then he spent a decade in an alternate dimension where he adopted a villain's son. Oh my God, why am I on this podcast? Is this why I'm leaving in thirty seconds? Then he became an old man. Yeah, of course. And Sam Wilson, the Falcon, took over as Captain America. And then everyone's like, I don't want him. I want Steve Rogers. Yeah, and then Steve Rogers came back like almost immediately, but this time he was a Hydra agent, who, if you remember from the movies, were Nazis. Well, the writers or editors really don't want him to be normal. It's probably both. (laughs) So that's pretty much all the context people need to know. So first I talked to Sly from this podcast. Then I talked to David, who has been following this event pretty closely and has some insight into the writer then i talked to henry who works at a comic book store and then i talked to matt who is a new reader who has a very interesting history with captain america and that's pretty much it wow all right so if you don't mind i'm just gonna leave because i hate comics i hate what captain america has become perfect so See you later. <laughs> See ya. Uh, door, I mean, walking sound of football <laughs> by door slamming. So I'm here with Sly, who listeners should recognize from the regular show that this is the feed of, Divisive Issues. And I want to talk a little bit about Cap and Marvel. So I got some couple quick questions for you first, and then we'll open up and talk a little bit more open about it. So what was your first exposure to Captain America, Sly? Oh, that's a good question. That's like going way back. I th- I think it might be. Um, or when did he first like resonate with you? Might he first resonate? With you? Oh, it's even a better question. Oh, this is a deep interview. I didn't expect this. <laughs> uh, I I I remember when uh, Brew Baker's run was uh, starting. That's when I really uh, started paying attention to the character again. So when was that? Like two thousand three ish. Yeah, and uh, when. Like I always had like a somewhat of just interest in the character because like he he always show up in comics and be like hey I'm the heroic guy and stuff like that but but I always found, and, I, and I always found it interesting because like people always assume about Captain America basically uh, I you know it might be actually even the Mark Millar's Ultimates that really triggered me on Captain America or whatever the term might be is that a good in a good way or a bad way <laughs> but like like when I saw Captain America like how I felt he was done wrong that's when I kind of really appreciated when he was done right okay because like people assume like that Captain America and Mark Millar wrote uh, you know the one we, the more jingoistic George Bush-esque era yeah Cap- Captain America the does this A on my head stand for France yeah 
super and, aggressive George W. Bush guy. Yeah, and uh, you know people might argue that was intentionally subversive, but I, I I really feel Mark Millard didn't get most of the characters he wrote, and he just wrote his interpretations like how he literally thinks they are, judging by Zayn Man. But that's not a discussion. Uh, but either way, uh, see, I would argue that. But that's for a, tune in to. I'm sure we'll do those books on devices yeah. soon. But uh, yeah, so uh, at the very least, it pissed me off because. That was already a view that people already had of Captain America, like, erroneously. So when I saw, like, that was becoming the mainstream version of it now, like, now Marvel's put, putting out books that confirmed that idea, I, I got even more defensive of the... It's like something like Man of Steel, reaffirmed a lot of people's idea of what Superman should be, like, that kind of reaffirmed what Captain America should be, and, like, I was mm-hmm. upset that, like, it like Man of Steel, the fact that that was being the new mainstream push for him to affirm people's kind of initial thoughts in a way. Like, Man of Steel is the opposite. Like, the initial thought was, uh, Superman's born, we have to make him darker and edgier to make him interesting. Kind of tacitly admitting, like, the character is inherently flawed in a lot of ways. Like, that kind of shit is what makes me get defensive over initial characters. Yeah. So, so I think the Millar's Ultimates and Brubaker's Cap were kind of at, like, the same time, right? Yeah, they're, they're around the same time. Yeah. And Brubaker's was... Were you a fan of Brubaker's take? Uh, yeah, uh, it, he, I, I, I personally, like, now reading more after that, like, it's one of those things, like, when you first get into something, you're like, wow, this is the best it could possibly ever be. I do like Baker's run, but, like, his Steve, I think, is a bit too perfect. I prefer the more underdog Steve. Okay. But, like, I, I do like the run overall. It's just that, you know, like, when you when I first read Astonish X-Men, I thought, this is the best X-Men could ever be written. And, I, you know, you get more flavorings when you, get, when you read more mm. books that you prefer in different ways and stuff like that. And becomes so, less... who, who is your favorite Captain America writer? It's weird. It might be weird, but it might be Roy Thomas because he he was the one who really embodied the the underdog aspect of the character. That I don't think I've ever read any Roy Thomas Captain America. You did. You read the one of Nixon uh, being a uh, the guy who caused. Uh, oh yeah. But like even in that story, like uh, the premise of that story uh, was it opens with Captain America is being subverted by this new hero called uh, uh, I forget his name like Jewel or something like that. And he basically was. Uh, Everyone's like, Captain America sucks, this new guy's new, new shit, and it turns out that guy's a Hydra agent, and then they go, or Secret Society agent in that case, another evil organization, and then they go that fight. That sounds kind of like Kingdom Come, too. Yeah, like, that's that's uh, that's why probably why I like Kingdom Come, because it's, it's the same recurring idea of the, like, people don't appreciate the Boy Scouts as much mm-hmm. in favor of new heroes. So then you kind of touched on it briefly earlier, but what does Cap mean to you as a character? We have what people think Cap is, which is what Americas are were like in the Bush years, you know, fucking jingoistic, uh, simp- you know, like uh, xenophobic to a certain degree and shit like that. But, so when you uh, say jingoistic, what do you mean? Like, uh, you know, America is the best and all that shit. Uh, yeah. You know, that, 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 like the idea that we're, we're a perfect country. American exceptionalism. American exceptionalism, exactly. Shining City in the Hill. And, but like the character in his... Uh, the way he's developed over the years, he's kind of uh, basically a New Deal Democrat who, mm-hmm. like, and it's it's, it's interesting seeing that c- comparison because you see a New Deal Democrat and you think he'll be less uh, progressive in the modern era, but a lot of those ideals are have kind of regressed in the, in the current era. So, like, it is evidenced by the fact that uh, we had presidents like Bush and Trump. Yeah. So he, like, is the like liberal ideal still kind of exactly so have you been following modern cap at all no i i did read uh the first the zero issue of secret empire as when you mentioned we're going to do this just to see what that's more than i have 
I just want to see, I want to sample to see what at least what they're trying to do because like there's a difference between the media clickbaity hysteria about something mm-hmm. and what the actual thing is a lot of times, and I want to see at least compare it. So why haven't you been following Nick Spencer's cap? Uh, uh, for one thing, I've I've uh, kind of like like comics in general have like I mentioned a few times like they've been less focused on character history and consistency, and like now they're all like every character gets replaced by new characters and it's like less less it's hard for me to get more involved with cap it was extra less interesting to me because it was another uh trope that i've hated since the beginning when i started reading comics that you know inverting the hero uh, making like a dark twisted version of them or like having a villain replace them and shit like that so before i mentioned in the intro to this episode but uh, Sam Wilson, the Falcon from the movies, has taken over as Captain America, and then Captain America came back as a Hydra agent. So, first part, how do you feel about Sam taking over as Captain America? I, I get why people uh, like the idea of Sam being uh, Captain Falcon. I mean, I mean Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Uh, show me your moves. Uh, but um, that'll be very progressive. Uh, no one should do that. But um, the, the I know I get why people say like it's the first black uh, Captain America. Well, it's not the first. It's, there's a in the Captain America's origin, the first Captain America was a black guy. But oh, that it, story, I highly recommend. It's called Truth. It's really good. Yeah, but um, I, I get why it's you know I I always understand like any whenever there's a push to diversity, I always understand it. Well, if, and if anyone deserves to be Cap, it's Sam. My personal preferences, I like. Uh, I like having I like the idea that that Falcon was his own man, uh, Sam was his own man. Mm-hmm. Like he he and Cap, like even from the very beginning, they were partners. Like the book was never Captain America when, when Falcon joined. It was Captain America and Falcon. Like it was always a partnership. It was it wasn't like Captain America it wasn't like Flash and Kid Flash. Exactly, it wasn't like Batman and Robin. Like, like that's why when Robin grew up, he became Nightwing because Nightwing doesn't have the baggage, you know, the psychic association mm-hmm. of being the secondary to Batman that Nightwing has. You know. Yeah. And I like that Falcon never was a psychic. He was always he was always an individual hero of his own identity, and he was a partner. And like especially with comics now, it's so easy to just have. If you want to be diverse, you just have uh, a Batman, and you make Black Batman, which DC did. They made Batwing, which, which is basically Black Batman. And I just mm-hmm. find that lazy compared to just having a hero be like, this is my own identity. And they do that less and less now when I feel like they should be doing it more. Because like back in the old days, they did Falcon, they did Black Panther. Black Lightning. They were like, we're gonna make a new hero from Whole Cloth, but now yeah. it's like, we'll just make a spinoff that's that's black or Hispanic or whatever. Are there any other hero turns bad or villain turns good stories that you really like? Okay, so one example, like I like examples that are more just one individual story, in a sense. Like Craven's Last Hunt was basically the same premise where uh, Craven, uh, uh, quote unquote, kills Spider Man like, seemingly, and he takes on his costume. But that was really just a story about uh, a singular story about Craven proving he's better than Spider-Man and trying to o- overcome him. Yeah, I wouldn't say he became like a hero. He, he became he became like a dark vigilante, but he was like able to beat of uh, villains that, in his mind, Spider-Man couldn't beat, and mm-hmm. that made him view. It. And and I thought that was an interesting premise. Just, and again, it goes down to how it's written. It was written like as a Craven-centered story. This guy who was always beaten his entire life and kind of became a joke. And he, uh, he was about to, he was dying from uh, uh, all the drugs he took to be to match himself with Spider Man, and now before he died, he wanted to prove himself one last time. And just it, like it always comes down to how well it's presented, and how well it's written, I guess. I mean, Marvel does that. I feel like a lot more than DC. Like, oh yeah, half of the X Men were villains at one point. Hawkeye was a villain at the very beginning. Uh, that's that's why I in, in principle I don't 
like it as much because uh, like some characters become heroes when they become popular like Haw- like Hawkeye and Black Widow. So more specifically, Cap, how do you feel about Hydra Cap? Honestly, um, out of all the inversions they've done of characters where this character is now evil, it makes the most thematic sense. Like uh, in the nineties, they had like Iron Man turn evil, but he got like tortured by one of the, the supervillains until he was a secret agent for. Basically, became a secret agent over the years, and basically, all the time, all the time you're already Iron Man, he was actually a secret agent, and that's kind of what they're doing with Captain America. But like, it's more of like uh, he became his own worst enemy kind of thing, and he he, he was a inversion of what everything he stood for. So thematically, it's more interesting. Even I I know the controversy is you made Captain America the Hydra. I can at least see as a writer how sexy it is to do that kind of. Complete 180. Hmm. So, do you think the general reaction in, like, you mentioned at the beginning, like, the clickbaitiness, do you think the general reaction is fair at all? That people are so mad about it? It's fair in a sense that I, I wish Marvel would stop doing this shit because they do it all <laughs> the fucking time. In a vacuum, it's interesting, but when it's just the fifth time we've seen this in the last couple of years, it's less. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because we have, the, I have like the opposite problem with people. people. This is like the first uh, connecting with this issue. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they they they're doing this like this is uh, Captain America was sacrosanct and they never fucking do inversion like this. But they do inversion like this all the time. So for them, it's like a how dare you? But for me, it's like why why again? You know? Yeah. So do you think the, all these controversies and everything? Do you think it does more to grab attention and increase sales, or does the added controversy hurt the brand? I think it, uh, it, it uh, for short term purposes, it's already been proven that it it helps because uh, Secret Empire zero and one. Were the best-selling books of the month, and like, and people talking about it when they probably wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't uh, Captain America being a Nazi at the center of it. Uh, long term, um, it's hard to it's hard to say because it depends. Like from a, a person like me who who consumes the material regularly, uh, it does hurt it because it feels cheaper and cheaper the more they do it. But I don't know how because I, I, I for a new reader. Just imagine when they, when they reveal Captain America is not a Nazi. Some people might pick up the book to just say, you see Marvel's what you should be doing. I'm going to buy this book just to support non-Nazi Cap. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, I feel like that happened with Spider-Man. A lot of people, like, how, when Spider-Man became Doctor... Doctor Octopus became Spider-Man for a while. And when Spider-Man became Spider-Man again, a bunch of people bought the books again. I support Peter Parker Spider-Man, not Doctor Octopus Spider-Man. And, you know, sales rose. And they weren't buying it before exactly. Doc Ock. Yeah. Okay. That's... That's interesting. So, but do you think the brand is overall hurt by it? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to gauge because any exposure might be good exposure in a sense, but, but um, especially because comic sales aren't great. Yeah, in general. that's probably why Marvel does in general. You know, does that does it all the time because any, any way to get media attention seems to be a, seems to be any seems to be a good way. And and to be fair, this is. Uh, more unique than just doing what they did before, which is kill off characters and have news reports about how Captain America is doing shit like that, which they had uh-huh. to th- when, when Baker killed Captain America in the thousands, they actually had Joe Quesada go on TV and give a these about Captain America being dead and shit. The shield on the Colbert report was given to them the day that Captain America died. Oh, really? But, but, yeah. But, like, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's at least it's a different way to catch attention. I don't know if it's, these, all, all these ways of catch attention cheaper than Bandit's turn sense. Because, like I said, now whenever I see an inversion, I'm just waiting for them to become uninverted. And whenever I see a character die, I wait for them to undie. So, like, every change feels just yeah. like a publicity stunt. But um, it, it works to a certain extent. So, I guess until it stops working, they'll keep doing it. Yeah. So, what do you think Marvel's going to do with Cap after this? That's a good question. I, I, honestly, 
I'm, I'm expecting them to uninvert it, but they're really going hard in the idea that this was the real Captain America all along. And it's an interesting premise because, like, uh, the idea is that it's kind of, kind of like a play on some of the criticism of superheroes, the idea that we're all waiting for the Savior to come and help us. And with the idea of Secret Empire, and the issues here I read anyway, they pause the idea that, oh, we were all too weak and cowardly to stand for ourselves, so we all put our hope into, more and more of our hope into Captain America. And basically, when it, because basically the idea is he became agent of Director Shield, and as part of Director Shield, you know, they gave more government control to Shield and shit like that. And basically, they're like, Captain America, solve our problems. And then he was just like, oh, just as according to Kaikaku, I'm, I'm a Hydra agent, fuck you all. <laughs> and like, the, you know, and that, that's the kind of idea we have with the Bush years, like, we all put our faith into one institution, and when that institution can easily betray us and stuff like that and the superiors and that's the like, idea behind superiors like we're, wait, we're waiting for a savior when we should be saving ourselves but mm. on the other hand I don't Marvel has never really or comics in general have never stuck to thematic interesting concepts like that for long well uh, DC I feel like does that more with characters like Lex Luthor yeah because that was a very Lex Luthor argument you just made yeah <laughs> But like Silver still loses at the end most of the time. Like yeah, he does still lose. Like it, 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 they'll play around these concepts, but they'll never make them status quo. So I do think they'll they'll, they'll posit that this idea of waiting for Superman. But I, I think ultimately uh, Steve will become a Captain America. I don't know if, if Sam will be Captain America, but there will be probably Steve will be a hero again at some point. Hmm. So you mentioned it a couple times, and this is my last question. Uh, so you mentioned that there's lots of status quo shifts over and over again. Why do you feel like? How do you feel about modern Marvel? Well, I kind of mentioned that like they feel like they change it too much, and like it's hard to get invested in, in the continuity. When I read a book as a comic, long comic book reader, and I and I don't recognize even even I don't recognize most of the characters in it. Do you think that that helps new readers, or is it really just not helping anybody? It might help new readers. That's that's why uh, I I don't want to bitch too much about it because this is just my perspective as an old time reader. It's it's, it's why I feel like. Um, alt-right people, I don't know what you want to call them, the people who bitched about, like, Force Awakens and shit like that, uh, th- I don't want to be like them where they're like, this thing was, f- was for me for this entire time and now you're changing it for be for new people or for new audiences. So I don't want to be like that. So, like, I kind of, it's like, I feel like it sucks for me because I feel less attached to these materials, but if other people are becoming more attached to them again, they're getting new audiences, it's not that good. Okay, so it might not be for you, but you're not gonna go on bleeding cool and bitch yeah. about it. For yeah, I'm not gonna start hours. campaigns saying keep Star Wars white and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus. but like, because like I am a SJW, you know, like the the alt right will call me, and uh, like <laughs> yeah. um, I do like I have you know everyone likes their fiction for some reason, and when things get changed to make make it fit to nuances, you know that thing might diminish in some way. But the important thing is that that fiction still exists. So, like if comics are Getting the lines is that's probably the more important thing. Cool. I think that's a very helpful yeah. note. Thank you so much, Sly. Do you have anything you want to plug? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we have, if you don't know, uh, there's another podcast uh, on this network. The the stream you're listening to is called Divisive Issues. And you've heard of it. It's a comic book podcast on the network called Comic Radio. It's Comic Collective, Comic Collective uh, Podcast Collective. <laughs> you know, so all socialists. No, they're all just just a bunch of. Uh, podcasts working together yeah so if you like mine or sly's thoughts on comics divisive issues is the way to go and if you want to hear slice use more terms like alt-right and sjw check us out at oops i talk yeah, politics exactly cool so thank you so much for being here thank sly. you for having me and i'll talk to you soon 
So I'm here with David from Hello. our Facebook group. So we're going to, I know you are a little bit more entrenched in the behind the scenes of Hydra Cap. More like, I know you know the writer and stuff a lot better than the other people that I'm talking to. So we're going to get to that in a little bit, but I just want to get into kind of your background with the character. So what was your first exposure to Cap? Or like the first uh, time he really resonated with you? Honestly, it's going to sound, it's going to ruin my reputation, <laughs> but it was Civil War. Well, I, I don't think you have to feel bad because mine was the movie. <laughs> but still, like I like when I speak about Captain America, I, don't, I make it sound like I've been reading him for decades mm -hmm. because that's how passionate I feel about him. But when I, as a kid, I didn't read that many comics. Mm -hmm. I came to comics uh, late, late into my life. I'm not I'm that old or something like that. It's just that, you know, I was re yeah, I read comics as a kid and all that stuff, but I didn't read much Marvel. And Civil War was one of those things that you will catch your eye. Yeah, will... it was hard to avoid Civil War. Yes. And I really liked the character in Civil War, even even though it had some serious flaws. You could you could argue uh, that he was actually in the wrong in part of his argument, but he still resonated with the whole idea, with the speech with Peter Parker. He says, "You know what? You know, you, you know, the world tells you to move." He says, "No, you move." Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, that that's that speech. If any of our listeners hasn't read haven't read JMS Spider Man, that speech shows up in the Civil War movie. Yes. And that's uh Sharon Carter, I believe, yeah. gives that speech on the funeral or something like that. Mm -hmm. So what does he mean to you? Like you said like the character really resonates with you, but what does he represent for you personally? It, to me, Marvel version of Superman of yeah. what it is, the Boy Scout, the idea of what citizens of the United States should reach towards to, mm -hmm. to try to emulate. It represents the best of what American citizens, and I know it sounds jingoistic, but uh, sorry about that, but also, I mean, any citizen, any good citizen should look up to them because they always try to do the best. So I, I found doing this, the thing that's so interesting is so many people are inspired by Captain America, but feel the need to, like, have that asterisk of, like, I don't mean it, like, he's not a jingoist, it's not this, like, American exceptionalism thing. Like, it's so interesting that that's his, I guess that's the knee-jerk reaction to him. It's part, it's part of the name. It's yeah. Captain America. <laughs> yeah. And that's why you had to make that, you had to make note on, on the character. Yeah. Is part of his name is, and yet people from from other countries says, "Oh, Captain America, you know, he's a good character." Superman doesn't have doesn't have that problem because it's not like like super American man. I mean, truth, justice, in the American way. Well, yes, but, but still, he doesn't have a big A on his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, have you been following Modern Cap? Yes, uh, I follow. I actually follow him. Be a little before uh, Civil War, I started with the Brubaker run. I read the Brubaker run. Uh, some other creators came over. Can't remember their names. Came Remander. 
Dimension C. I didn't like it that much. Game Spencer. I, yeah. So, so and... you've been following it consistently since Brubaker. Yes. Okay. Cool. And how do you think Spencer's run compares to the other ones so far? Um, aside, uh, let me put it this way: on a technical level, it's a really good comic. Okay. I I do enjoy the pacing. I I enjoy the dialogue. It's the story that I have problems with, but on a technical level, I was I I had to admit that Spencer is actually doing a good job. That's what I can say about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, getting praised and all that. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll get to the the politic of it in a second. But to prep before we get to the Hydra stuff. How did you feel about, because this happened a little bit earlier in Rick Remender's run, how do you feel about Sam Wilson taking over his cap? I liked it. I was actually expecting to see uh, his uh, adoptive son, Ian Rogers, to take over the mantle. Because, you know, that's how I felt Remender was going to go. You know, Steve raised this kid who happened to be the son of, of Armin Sola, as his own, I like the idea of Steve Rogers having a, uh, a son, even if he was adopted. You know, he's actually it would actually be better if Steve Rogers had adopted a son, because like, hey, you know what? I care so much that I don't care if this kid is not my own blood. I will raise him on my own. Yeah, I feel and like I will... that fits with Steve's politics really well. Like, I have these gifts that I'm just like giving to the good of the people like that's pretty that's a pretty literal interpretation of it of him adopting a villain's son yeah but i had no problem with sam wilson taking over the mantle as well it came as a surprise but i really did enjoy that idea i it was not gonna be bucky I, I, again because bucky already had his shot as captain america mm-hmm. and he, i did like him as captain america while Steve Rogers play, you know, Head of Shield, uh, Super Soldier, whatever, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did like, and I was hoping for a lot more from Spencer's run on Sam Wilson, Captain America. How do you feel about Hydra Cap? Uh, mm, <laughs> it's, I can see, I can see why you would want to talk about the corruption of a symbol. I think it's actually a value discussion. You know, it's uh, something that should be talked about. Sometimes we idolize our founding fathers for better or worse, and uh, even though they were, you know, human and commit er- errors and all that. Yeah. You know, so the uh, the idea of you know people idolizing Captain America and even even in the I think it was on the tie-ins they were talking Deadpool was talking said you know what if uh, who has I'm trying to remember the exact quote I don't have the comic with me but he was talking about you know when has Captain America ever been wrong because every every everyone that has talked against Captain America has always been proved wrong mm-hmm. so he's talking even about like Civil War where he loses and I use the term loosely he still comes out the good guy yes uh and so that idea of you know you know be careful of who you put on pedestals mm-hmm. because of them you know you don't you might not know their flaws so so i think from that aspect 
is is not a a bad story. It's the context around it that is troublesome to me. So what do you mean? Well, uh, I do believe that Secret Empire was written with this idea that, honestly, and I'm going to bring politics into this, well, that's, that Trump, yeah. that, well, that Trump was not going to win. Yeah. I, I sincerely think that Spencer wrote this comic and pitched this comic a long time ago, because it's, it's, it's being set, this, this comic has been set up since the beginning of Steve Rogers, number one. So I, I believe that Spencer wrote this comic thinking Trump is, is not going to win. It's going to be Hillary Clinton. It's going to be an alternate universe. But now with, you know, you know Trump won the election, the alt-right surge, uh, there's, there's a feel of, you know, you know, white nationalism, just alt-right nazism, you know, on the rise in the United States. Mm-hmm. It just created this extra... What was I feel like it was supposed to be a cautionary tale, of yes. like what could have happened, but instead now it's almost like mocking the people affected. <laughs> almost, almost, and 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 one of the problems of what Spencer is actually that he feels like like he's a like a fake liberal. So I think now is the best time to delve into it. So what what are Spencer's politics? Okay. He, he actually worked with John McCain in 2004. Oh, I don't know you knew that. I didn't know that. I know, like, nothing about him. Okay, he, he used to be a Republican operative. Uh, he used to work in the re-election campaign of 2004 of John McCain. In 2005, when he was running for city council in Cincinnati, he was trying to go with many of Gini, uh, Rudy Giuliani's uh, ideas. He wanted to bring in about uh, stop and frisk, uh, you know, broken windows policy, uh, okay. things like that, and and you kind of see a reflection of that in 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 Sam Wilson in the comic of Sam yeah. Wilson. It's being argued that that uh, he like all he says like it's like he's he says you know here I'm showing you racism exists in the United States, but I offer no real solution because that's beyond me as, and I really don't care as long as it doesn't affect me. Yeah, I mean, the, the way the Sam Wilson Civil War books were is I was told, like, oh, it's all about police brutality, but, like, it's really kind of not. It's really, like, one of those, oh, well, the protesters are just at as fault and the victims are just as at fault as the police officers, and, like, it really tries to walk the line in between the two without really saying anything. Yeah. Yeah, and he wants praise for that. That's how I feel about it as well. It's like, oh, look at me. I'm being progressive by showing you reason exists. Well, okay, yeah, I knew that. Thank, mm-hmm. thank you thank you for showing me again. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so now uh, one thing that I definitely wanted to talk to you about is him on Twitter. <laughs> Because I don't follow him on Twitter, but I know you've shared some screen caps and stuff over the last, like, year that he really doubles down on this stuff, right? Yes. Yes, he does. And he likes to... uh, Even when called out by his own peers and marble, he doesn't like to give answers. He only likes to dig down and say, you know what, I'm... Like it's not my fault that you don't like my comic. You just you just not smart to appreciate it. I mean, 
That's one that, approach to take, I guess. That true art, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we all know that like fans on Twitter can be the worst. So, like, I yeah. can't blame him for not really engaging with them. But... Yeah, I, I do, I do admit to that. Uh, it's an issue that happens on every on Twitter on any fandom. Yeah, every, oh. basically, if you're a person on Twitter, people are gonna yell at you. Yeah. But uh, do you so given his history and the historical context right now? Do you think the general reaction, all the controversy, is fair? I would say it's kind of earned. Okay. Yeah. It is the the controversy surrounding the Secret Empire has not been held by Spencer, obviously because he likes to dig down. They're trying to double speak when the masses got to learn more about Captain America was through the movie. What did we learn through that movie? Well, that there were Nazis and there were Hydra, which was a subdivision of, basically the scientific subdivision of the Nazi Germany, Mm -hmm. uh, led by an actual Nazi. That's how people got to learn about Captain America and and who their main villains were. Mm -hmm. So, hey, He's the guy that punched Hitler. He's the guy that punched the guy that has a red face, red skull. Mm-hmm. And that's how most people will think of Hydra, is the, the, the Nazi part. And, and all of this, and so when Steve Rogers number one came, was published, there were many press releases that came out that were made to several outlets media outlets i like remember it was people entertainment weekly things like that i mean it was and, everywhere like i couldn't get oh away yes from it. oh yes and it was actually it actually spoiled the comic mm-hmm. the first piece was uh, talking about how how hydro was supposed to be nazi and uh and at the same time you know time time marches on and now the comics are like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Hydra is not really Nazis. Uh, they're just, you know, they're just regular fascists or whatever. They're just regular bad guys or something like that. It's, yeah, I remember forget, seeing or, or that. And it was like, I think you referred to it as a, like, hashtag not all Nazis campaign. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how they, that's, they, they try to sanitize Hydra to make Steve Rogers be less Less bad, I guess. I like like trying to make him a villain, but not too much of a bad guy, because Nazis are a special kind of evil. Yeah, especially in the ca- context of Captain America. <laughs> yeah, and yet the other arm of Marvel, the Marvel TV, the Marvel uh, DC, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, they're all like, "Oh yeah, Hydras are Nazis. They always be Nazis. Don't tell, don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. They're Nazis." And so there's double speak uh, and things like that. It just it just spirals from uh, spirals out control from there. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. So what do you think they're gonna do with Cap after this? Do you think it's just gonna be one of those everything's back to normal, or do you think that this is gonna have a legacy impact? I do believe that somehow they are gonna, but I believe they're gonna be pulling out basically like a safe state of Steve Rogers before he got brainwashed and that's gotta be gonna be used from now on. Like they're gonna oh, just Oh okay, I got you. They're just gonna hand wave the whole thing and I just like so what so what's the point then? 
Yeah. I wonder if what both of us suspect, and that this was written in a presumed Hillary Clinton world, I wonder what they would have done with the status quo. Honestly, no idea. But But that's a question for, I guess, just Nick Spencer. (laughs) Yeah. I I know there were people that were talking, uh, uh, Kieran Shiak, uh, who was the one of the editors at Comic Alliance, he was talking. Was it was it him or was it uh, Joe Glass from Leading Cool? Uh, they were talking. They had ideas about you know what, how could you handle this story without resorting to making uh, you know Steve Rogers uh, brainwash into being a Hydra follower, and their idea was like well. Uh, have, have someone from the government in, it, uh, itself be Hydra, not Steve. Like he, like he put his faith completely on the president. Turns out the president is actually Hydra, or turns out like someone else. And then he has to fight back against that. Seems to tell a very similar idea. It says, you know what, you know what, the government got corrupted by Hydra. Uh, the government you were supposed to put your trust on and even Steve put the trust on, on them and turns out that trust was misplaced and he had to fight against that. It seemed to... Uh, I, uh, I kind of like that idea better and that's just... That, but that's also fanfic uh, territory by now. Yeah. You know, going, speaking, you know, talking about that. Cool. Well, that's, that's really all I got. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um... Not really. I say. I, I mean, I, I'm still reading the comic. I'll be honest. Um, I mush it from my friends who do <laughs> get the comic for it. So I just like grab them for the pile and I read it for free. So I can hate read it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll I'll say it again. You know, it's a comic that should be discussed because of the context around it. You know, maybe like maybe if this was a Hillary Clinton world, you know, we'll be seeing this comic through a different lens. Though, and and it's good comic on a technical level, as I said before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just you know, for circumstances have created a perfect storm that you know people are very sensitive to this idea that Spencer is you know putting uh, putting out to the public. Yeah, and and. Even though I I acknowledge that it's a perfect storm, I still not comfortable. I I'm not comfortable with the story itself, yeah. even though I can appreciate the technical aspects of it. That's the best way I can put it. I think that's a pretty good way to put it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me, David. Uh, thank do you, Ryan. You have, thank do, do you have anything you want to like plug or anything? Uh not really. Cool. But thank you so much for chatting with me. And I'll see you in the Facebook group. Thank you for having me around. So I'm here with Henry. Hey, Henry. Hey, hey. Hey, how's it going? Henry. Oh, well, it's going great. (laughs) (laughs) Henry is an employee of Midtown Comics. I indeed. And knows a whole lot about comic books. A thing or two. So... Let's get into it. We're here to talk about Captain America. Woo! But first, I want to talk about Henry. So what was your <laughs> fir- what was your first exposure to Cap? Goodness. Well, 
Uh, this is a fun one. I actually don't know if you know this. So I've been reading comics for quite some time. I got into them when I was in uh, elementary school. I was in fourth grade. But the first comic book that I had was Captain America. I thought it was the Ultimate very... X-Men number two. That's what did – That's what. hey, wow, look at you with your memory. Uh, <laughs> Ultimate X-Men 2 is what got me to read comics regularly. Because it was first in the newspaper, comic, right? Because it was in the newspaper. It was in the New York Post to promote X-Men 2. But the first book I ever actually owned was Captain America. And I'm going to pull it out on my shelf. Of course, you and you know, podcast world can't see this. <laughs> but I have the paperback of Captain America Operation Rebirth. Ooh, by Mark, Mark Wade and Ron Garney. And this was mine when I was a kid. And I used to have a Marvel like coloring book set. And a fun thing about this printing of it is that in the beginning of the book, they do like four pages of background on the storyline to contextualize it for the reader. And it's all in black and white. So I took my marker set and I colored in those first two pages. That is That's so how young I was. Precious. That's so precious, and it's great looking through this and seeing, like, Bill Clinton is carrying the casket of Cap and all that. It's great. <laughs> so, to me, Captain America was more of an idea, because I also grew up, my first introduction to the character was something like this, where I didn't really read it, but I was aware of it, because I was too young, mm -hmm. and I watched uh, Spider-Man the Animated Series, where Captain America would appear on that sporadically, and to really make it weird, X-Men Evolution, uh which was one of my favorites as a kid, had an episode where Captain America existed, but only in flashbacks, only in World War II. So huh. to me, my first introduction to the character of Captain America was more conceptual. Um, it was more about uh, who the man could be, and I didn't actually read anything with him for years up until uh, Bendis's New Avengers, the original series. And in that, of course, he's very optimistic, trying to bring the team together and juxtaposed with Ed Brubaker's Captain America, which when I first, I did buy the first issue of Brubaker's Ron when it came out, but it didn't hook me. I think I was too young for it because I went back and I reread it later on and I loved it. And it is hands down one of my favorite runs of any comic ever. This is my third interview about Captain America and this is the third time Brubaker's run has come up. Everybody yeah. raves about it, myself included, and there's a big reason for it. There is. There definitely is. And Brubaker, for me, is arguably my favorite writer, and it's probably because of his Captain America run. Mm -hmm. um, it's It focuses on character first, character over spectacle, and I think that's important. Yeah, so you mentioned the optimism, but what does Captain America mean to you? Uh, Captain America is standing up for what's right, even if it's unpopular, and it's also understanding that sometimes you have to follow your morals unquestionably even if you know that maybe you'll be running it alone that you have to value yourself and trust in yourself captain america doesn't really every now and then maybe he'll doubt himself have you been following modern captain america i have i have read except i have missed a couple issues of brubaker's run i have read just about every single captain america issue produced in the last 15 years so let's go, we'll get to the Hydra stuff in a minute. But first, mm -hmm. how do you feel about Sam taking over? I was against it at first. I did not like Sam Wilson becoming Captain America at first because it felt like a gimmick. And I thought that it was a poor 
motivation because at the same time that Sam Wilson was created or was, you know, promoted, quote unquote, to the title of Captain America, we also saw Jane Foster uh, take the mantle of Thor. Now, at the time, we didn't know it was Jane Foster, but that was irrelevant because the statement was we have a female Thor Mm -hmm. and we have a black Captain America. And that was a very powerful statement, yes. But it almost rang hollow because it felt like Marvel was trying to prove a point. Now, mm-hmm. luckily for my taste, I was proven wrong on both of these. And they yeah. did actually have very genuine stories. And both books have been really strong. But that was my initial response to Sam. But it was, in fact, Nick Spencer's Sam Wilson, Captain America, that changed my opinion on it. Because... He showed a conflicted man who is trying to find his place in the world, and he is torn in different directions. He is trying to be honest to his upbringing and to the black community, but he's also showing the struggle of being a black man in such a high-profile role, because it's not just being a black superhero. Now it is being a black Captain America. Representing the country as a black man is very difficult and i think that it was a good uh analog for barack obama frankly yeah i i could definitely see that especially given current context (laughs) yeah especially given current context so obviously you're a big fan of sam so when sam took over he had his book for a little while and then cap came back as a hydra agent how do you feel about that i (laughs) i didn't read it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I literally, oh God, I had it spoiled for me before I read it um, because I wanted to read it, but I was already enjoying the Sam Wilson book and I was disappointed Steve was coming back so soon. Yeah, he came back like right away. <laughs> it was um, eight issues of Sam Wilson had come out. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, nine. I think it was right after issue nine was the the tail end of the standoff storyline. It was the mm-hmm. afterward. And then Steve came out right after. So I was underwhelmed and I read through it and I saw how the twist was delivered. I was frustrated and the reason I didn't read it wasn't necessarily because of Steve. It was because of Marvel. It was because of how they released the book. I don't know if you're aware of this, but it was originally solicited to come out earlier in the month, the week of the film release, and they pushed it back. Instead, it came out on the same day as DC Universe Rebirth. And all of the press coverage was on Captain America when Rebirth came out. And I thought that that was uh, unfortunate. Not so much about the book itself, though. How do you feel about the politics behind Cap being a Hydra agent? Because I know you have spoken very positively about what it represents. I think it's interesting. Because the thing is, I've read a lot of Captain America. I haven't read all the Captain America. He's been around for 75 years, so I'm not going to say... I'm a Captain America expert because, frankly, there's always more to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the 75 years of the character, this story has not been told. And so I find that refreshing because there aren't many stories that exist over a 75-year history that haven't been told. Maybe we've seen Captain America as the villain temporarily. We've seen him be subject to mind control. We've seen a perversion of the mantle of Captain America because... Maybe somebody picks it up and they're not good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, But to see a betrayal this deep was unique. And I think that it's uh, 
it's good to have uh, something different when you have a character who's been around for this long. And in my reading of the character, this is the most I've ever seen people talk about Captain America. So do you think the general reaction from, like, the mainstream is fair? Uh, yes. I think that you're supposed to be upset. I think that you should be frustrated because it is a perversion of the character. People are like, oh, my God, I can't believe Captain America would turn to Hydra. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you feel this emotional response because it is that is, I think, what it's trying to do. It's trying to give you that reaction. It's trying to make you value why you like the character in the first place. In the last few years, Marvel has done this a few times. So I find it interesting that it's Captain America that got such a sustained outrage because two years ago we had superior iron man four years ago going on five we had superior spider-man those were both turns of the main character turning evil we touched upon it earlier but what about given the current political climate i know you have hit back with me sometimes when i say nazi cap you go it's hydra cap why do you distinguish the two well part of that is in jest yeah obviously and, but I've yeah. seen Nick Spencer takes the same argument, too. I think that, undoubtedly, Hydra has its roots in Nazi rhetoric. He, uh, I feel like Hydra was basically created in the 1960s because they realized, okay, well, maybe we can't make like Nazi comics anymore because that's not really a thing. Mm-hmm. We're trying not to deal with it. So we'll do Hydra, which is basically the Nazis, but we're just calling them something else. Mm-hmm. So Hydra's always basically been Nazis, and especially for, I think what's interesting is, uh, I remember being actually somewhat frustrated, not completely, but somewhat frustrated when they did the original Captain America movie, Captain America First Avenger, mm-hmm. um, that they didn't have them just be Nazis, because, uh, for example, in Ned Brubaker's run, if they flash back to early Hydra, they're just Nazis. They're not like a subdivision, like they're working, they're like a part of the Nazi world. Yeah. So I do think it's interesting that that distinguisher has been added and I'll occasionally point it out only because Hydra, if I'm going to attempt to distinguish it too, being a Nazi and Nazi rhetoric is believing in the master race. Um, white is right. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, it's, dictatorship and it is uh killing those that you don't believe are worthy to be on the earth that's my paraphrasing of history um you know and walking funny so (laughs) and then with hydra it's more for the people that's what i think uh, is interesting is that captain america or steve rogers book with the Nick Spencer series is that him being an agent of Hydra isn't him changing his values. It's not him saying that, uh, he's not, uh, discriminating against any, uh, minority. He's not saying that, Oh, because you're Jewish, you are not worthy to be in my world because you're black. You're not worthy to be in my world because you're in the Marvel universe. Uh, Nazis hate mutants, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not necessarily that, it is more that he believes in 
doing things for the people and in providing safety. So it's not necessarily that I think he's acting as a Nazi, because he's not. He's acting like a control freak. Having not really read it, Spencer makes a point to make it just more general fascism than the rhetoric of, of the Nazi party? Correct. Okay. And that's why I don't take great issue with it. Because it is Captain America. Captain America, I think, has often been positioned when people distort him uh, or if they want to criticize him, they call him a fascist. Um, You can see that in a hundred different comics. I don't have to point any out. Mm -hmm. But it's just an extension of that. It's just making him more of a fascist. So I think that's actually a better comparison than necessarily you know a nazi so it's like so you feel that spencer's like running with the kind of like pseudo mainstream image that cap has from people that don't understand the character to a degree yes because i think that it's him saying that's the criticism people have every character you can go across the board every character has certain criticisms and some of them are unfounded that will come from peripheral fans yeah superman's a boy scout right etc etc Exactly. Um, So one of the often criticisms of Captain America is that he's a fascist. Many characters will even call him that in the book. And so this is just taking that and running with it and saying, oh, you think he's a fascist? Well, let's show you what it's like if he really, really is. What do you think Marvel's going to do with Cap after this? Oh, God. Um, (laughs) uh, Nobody seems to know. So it's frustrating because... Um, for anybody who's reading Secret Empire, and I won't spoil too much, but they are alluding to Cap being innocent almost in all of this. And I'm not sure how much I love that. My whole thing is is that Standoff was a book that focused on Cosmic Cube shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And so everything in this book has been cosmic cube shenanigans. And it's like this weird, like eight year old girl who's a cosmic cube, like Kobik. And she was the focus of the latest Thunderbolts book and all the stuff. And so she, uh, I feel like has to play a part in this because that's what would bring it full circle. Uh-huh. Uh, Nick Spencer's original first issue of Captain America with Sam Wilson dealt with the cosmic cube. That was one of the first things they talked about. So it only makes sense for, the conclusion of his magnum opus to be cosmic cube tied in um beyond that i actually really don't know because the thing is to me is that uh every one of these marvel events kind of takes a character and uh has that character betray their roots and you have to wonder how they would regain any public popularity within in universe you've mentioned a couple different events we've talked extensively about civil war off air uh, we talked about Civil War Two, Fear Itself. How does this event compare to other Marvel events? I am historically against Marvel events. I don't like many of them because I think that they come out of left field. And without proper buildup, there's no reason for me to care about this event. What I like about this is that we have had this building up for a year and a half, if you want to really pull it back to Sam Wilson, because Nick Spencer sold his book on this pitch. I would say that this is a run-of-the-mill event. It's tying in with a thousand different books. This is... Okay, and in this issue of Avengers, Hydra has taken over and Captain America is the villain. And it shows, like... Well, I mean, they're they're book-burning in this. They're book-burning. They're rewriting history. They're literally trying to change the basis of the universe. Mm-hmm. 
I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I guess we will. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Henry. Yeah. You had a lot of insights that I hadn't thought of before. Do you have cool. Do you have anything you want to plug? Like, do you have anything people could check out if they want to hear more of those sultry tones? Uh, well, yeah. If you uh, if you'd like, you can uh, check out Midtown Comics. I actually do a, a weekly video, a couple weekly video segments with our uh, fine store, Midtown Comics, located in the heart of New York City. We've got three stores. Uh, really cool store. You should swing by, but. Um, I do talk about all the new releases every week, and I love it. I love comics. I, I <laughs> come by. I love comic. I'm on a comic podcast that I felt the need to say that. But. <laughs> yes. But cool. yeah. Well, thank you so much, Henry. And of course, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. Toodaloo. Bye. Hail Hydra. I am a real American. So I'm here with Matt, one of our loyal listeners. We, you may have heard us refer to him as Superfan Matt a mainstay in our twitter and facebook group so how you doing matt i'm pretty good cool 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 you ready to talk about captain america let's do it cool so before we get to the modern weird stuff what was your first exposure to cap my first exposure to captain america and i'm not precisely sure on my age but when i was young middle school late middle school six sixth to seventh grade i got picked on a lot because i was a medicated child and because of that i chose to stay home from sick chose to stay home from school sick that meant going to stay at my grandmother's house and she would watch soap operas and i would rummage around in my dad my uncle's old rooms doing stuff and i found a stash of comic books i still don't know what age they were from but it was just a smattering of all these comic books and the very top of the pile was a captain america comic so i read that comic i want to find out what it is so bad i do too i've been looking ever since i started listening to divisive issues i've been looking for that comic and i can't find it like if you google nerdy guy and captain america comics <laughs> you will be amazed at the amount of results you get I, I kind of went a step further. I was a bad child because uh, I started reading comic books. I started reading the, those comics, and Captain America really spoke to me because he, you know, stood up for guys like me. Because I was undersized, I was I was really short and really thin. Like after reading through that stack of comics over the course of a couple of days, I decided I was going to go back to school and I wasn't going to let people pick on me. I ended up missing the bus one day, and these kids were following me home like down downtown to meet my parents and uh one of them started pushing me and i broke his nose with a garbage can lid that's something that i fantasized about doing for years as a kid but never actually had the the gusto to do it that's amazing so what happened after that we weren't we weren't too far away from the police deputy that sits there because our our high school and our middle school are within a stone's throw's distance of each other. Okay, and how old were you? 11 or 12. Oh, okay. So, so like, you're not facing assault charges or anything. I mean, my dad is a lawyer, and I knew the deputy's children, and he was pissed at me. So, uh, for all I knew, I was getting the electric chair. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but uh, my dad took it a different way. He was actually really proud of me for standing up for myself. And I still got punished, but he also bought me a Captain America shirt the next day. 
How about that? So So it's one of those like I have to punish you, but like wink wink, we get it. Yeah, and I he knew I was going to get it from my mom much worse. Okay. So I see. The good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Well, it's very Soviet. It's bad cop, worse cop. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, I still have that Captain America shirt, and it still fits. And does he still have that messed up nose? So this kid was not a looker to begin with. <laughs> he fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. So you're really, you're really throwing salt <laughs> in his wounds now. I feel like I can because we later became pretty good friends, and we, I regularly make fun of him, made fun of him for it in high school. What that he got beat up by the nerd? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. From that day forward, you know, I always, I have always been very vocal about saying, uh, doing things and saying things out against what I'm seeing that I don't think is right. Yeah. So, so that's like, what Cap represents to you. That like always stands up for the little guy, no matter what kind of thing. Yeah, and and it's it's definitely compounded since I've gotten older and you know seen more media about Captain America. It's it's not just standing up for the little guy or doing what is. It's doing what's morally and ethically correct. Mm-hmm. Which and, is part of the reason that i'm sure we'll get into but that's becoming harder and harder to find yes and it's not it's not always about doing what you want to do it's about doing what you should do and doing what you're supposed to mm-hmm. and that's that's captain america in spades i mean he was a world war ii soldier which i mm, i might get told i'm wrong about this but I'm pretty sure World War II is the last war we fought over ethics and principles. Now, I think that you could definitely make a fair case for that, for sure. So, how I know you mentioned that like when you were a kid, you read these like mystery Captain America comics. Have you been following any modern Cap at all? Um, <clears throat> at a certain host's uh, recommendation, I started Ed Brubaker's Captain America. Well, uh, despite the fact that I haven't read all that much Captain America... I have read a lot of books, okay. and I read Dimension W, oh, Dimension which is Z? Dimension Z, <laughs> which is a crazy as hell Captain America story, and the story is nonsense, and I loved it. I love that book. So that's that's Rick. That's the beginning of Rick Remender's run, and yep. he's actually. So did you go any further in Rick Remender's run? I read. I only read the first two. Uh, I only read the the arc of Dimension Z. Okay, so at the end of his run, Steve gets, he loses a super soldier serum and becomes an, uh, spoilers, sorry, but this is a context that's really important <laughs> for this conversation. He becomes an old dude, and Sam Wilson, the Falcon, takes over as Captain America. How do you feel about that? You know, I'm actually okay with it. Um, early on, I developed the difference between Captain America and Steve Rogers, and they are... They are two different people because Captain America is the outer, outward hardened shell of Steve Rogers' convictions. Whereas as Steve, his internal monologue is where he's struggling with, okay, what's right in this modern day and age? How things have changed? Where do I find myself you know, in this new complex system? Mm-hmm. And I actually really like the idea of Sam being Captain America. I mean, it's kind of punishery. And that he's a modern soldier being a superhero. But 
even if it's just for a brief period of time, I think it's really important to see a modern, a more modern soldier's perspective on Captain America versus, you know, a World War II veterans. Okay, interesting. So you felt that, like, even though you're a diehard Steve fan, like, Sam could modernize the role in a way that Steve can. Yeah, because I... And I only have this perspective because my mother's side of my family is very mil uh, has a massive and long military history. Okay. Like, and my grandfather is a World War II veteran, and all of his brothers are. There's like a billion of them. But listening to him talk about his service versus listening to my cousin, who fought in the fought in Afghanistan is very different hmm. their perceptions of the world are very different after facing you know combat even despite it's the same thing and I think it's important to have that difference in opinion because you know a World War II soldier they trusted the government when they came home uh-huh. you know that's a that's a very different especially different compared to Afghanistan soldiers like my cousin was homeless for like three months when he got home like that's hugely different so how i know you haven't read any of it yet but conceptually what do you think about steve being like the old man because for a while he was like the avengers like general and by a while it was like a year maybe but he was like older and i found it really interesting because like my grandfathers both fought in world war ii as well and having steve be this like really old time kind of military expert without being able to go in the field was really interesting to me. And I wish I could have seen more of that. Or even though you're a huge Steve fan, did you, are you in- interested in an old man, Steve, or is that just like not cap for you? I, I would definitely read that. And I think, I think it is interesting because Captain America on the inside is in a lot of ways, an old man. Mm-hmm. He has, views and perceptions of the world that were created in the 40s and those have obviously carried forth into modern day for him different time period perceptions of the world around him and i think that's what makes his character interesting is you know many of his arcs are like uh, captain america man out of time Mm -hmm. are him trying to adjust and it's these really sad stories like the, the last panel of Captain America, Man Out of Time, is him around a campfire, I'm pretty sure, listening to the Rat Pack on an iPod or a CD player. And if that's and not like, a metaphor, if, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. And out, outside Old Man Steve would just be a reflection of what Steve is on the inside in a lot of ways. So I have uh, I have pulled out from my shelf Captain America Man at a Time. This is the second mention of Mark Wade's Captain America. And he's listening to Bing Crosby, and then he puts on Radiohead. On oh, a, yeah. On a Walkman. Oh, yeah. Or I guess a Discman, if you're going to be specific. Yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting thought on it, that, like, I, I never really contextualized the man at a time where when you make him an old man, he's not really out of time anymore. He's kind of in step. Yeah, and I feel I feel like that's where a lot of his internal drama comes from. Now, having said all that great stuff about Steve, 
when he was made back into a young person, how do you feel about Hydra Calf? I, I find that not just physically offensive, but as a writer, I take offense to it too. Okay, how? Why so? I, okay, Jack Kirby is a personal hero of mine. Mm-hmm. When Jack Kirby and Joe Simon created Captain America, they were creating him in response to what the Nazis, and I want to be sure to say Nazis, not Germans, yes. were doing during World War II. And I don't remember if Joe Simon was as also a veteran during World War II, but I know Jack Kirby was. I believe they both fought, as did Stanley. I think, like, yes. well, it was the draft. Like, everybody pretty much did. When they created Captain America, it was in response to what the Nazis were doing during World War II. Mm-hmm. And it was a very poignant statement saying that, no, America is not okay with this. Americans are not okay with this. And that's been, God, 70 years now? Yeah. And to to go back and rewrite, try and rewrite Captain America canonically to be the complete antithesis of what those two created is like really vulgar to me. Yeah, so so like, the main thing that, that changes it for you is is that it's canonical, that this is your Steve, right? Yes. Because I've I've heard the argument plenty of times that like, you know, well, it doesn't invalidate those stories, you know, why can't like especially if you haven't read that much Captain America, how does this stop you from in how does this diminish your enjoyment of like the Ed Brubaker stuff or the Mark Wade stuff or the Jack Kirby stuff. I I read a couple of pages of Secret Empire just because they were floating around on the internet and to completely change Steve Rogers' character like that like he goes from lawful neutral to lawful good character, a very Trump-esque character where he's using bullying tactics mm-hmm. and you know oppression it's it's so far removed from anything that steve rogers as captain america would have done or how he would have acted that it's just i take offense on behalf of the original creators of captain america so what do you think marvel's gonna do with cap after this in an ideal world i would like them to pull the the mystical nonsense comic book ending Mm mm-hmm where he was in a coma and that's just what he dreamed up or some garbage like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, realistically, I can only imagine that they'll probably try and buckle down and make it part of his history for a while. I mean, regardless, in the public eye, it's part of his history. Yeah. And I think, I think that's going to haunt them for a while. So do you think... If they do just hand wave it, what would they have to do to like win you back over? In an ideal world, they could fire the writer. <laughs> <laughs> like that would do it. I'm spiteful like that. I think they would need to go back and do kind of a, a return to roots for Captain America. You know, on a, a straight up reboot of the story everyone knows. You okay. know, start start from, you know, Captain America getting wailed on by his dad or Steve getting wailed on by his dad when he was a kid to, you know, just that 
And I, I, can, I can actually even see the pieces in my mind for the perfect comic book like that. Mm-hmm. Where he's doing his World War II stuff and then freezes and then goes forward in time. And basically they would need to do a hard reboot on Captain America. Okay, so you for you to jump back onto Team Marvel and read a new Captain America book, you would need this to be pretty much wiped out. Yeah, I mean, I have horrible willpower when it comes to this sort of thing. <laughs> So if they just hand wave it and make it go away and they start over with Captain America, I'll probably start reading again, but I do not want to. I've I've been there. I, I definitely I definitely can relate to that. Now, this kind of status quo shift, I know that you obviously feel really strongly about it. Does it hurt your motivation to read the beloved Captain America stuff? Like, does this story hurt your chances of reading more Ed Brubaker or reading more Rick Remender or even going back and reading like the Kirby run from the seventies or, you know, the early golden age stuff or does like, cause, cause I could, I've seen some fans be like, Oh, I don't even want to read the old stuff anymore. It's ruined for me. But I've also seen like, I know I tend to, when my characters disappear or go through bad storylines, I buckle down and start really re absorbing the old stuff to remind me why I love them. Which way do you think you're going to go? I actually went the same way you did. Um, despite the fact that I haven't been reading them, I did stick to my promise of picking up a new Captain America trade every week of summer. Wow, that's very nice. So I'm, I, am, I am doubling down. I'm betting the farm on it. Because the only way, the only way I can communicate with marvel other than angry tweets which they won't read anyways <laughs> yeah. is to to talk with my wallet i have a i actually printed out a list of every captain america trade ever printed wow that that it modernizes it so if these two are combined it removes those two and just shows you the one and i'm trying to actually collect all of them that that's an endeavor I yep. really don't have much, like, outside of, like, the major stuff. So I'd be interested in following your exploits. Once I start getting the, the more interesting stuff, I'm definitely going to start taking pictures of it and posting it in the group. That sounds awesome. Cool. So is there anything else you want to add about Cap? Um, To anyone who is on the fence about reading Captain America, and... I'm not going to try and fool myself in thinking that no one no one I know hasn't heard this rant out of me <laughs> because it is it is a tirade but don't don't let this convince you not to read Captain America read read Mark Wade or Ed Frubacher or even go back and read the Jack Kirby comics like they're pretty good Cool. I think that's a lesson that we can all apply is like, just because something's bad doesn't mean everything's bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as despite what I say <laughs> in the comments of, yeah. of oops, oops, I talked device some issues. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me for this talk. We'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye. Bye. I am a real American. So we're back. Me and Daryl. Yeah, wow, that was amazing. I didn't hear any of it, but I it was phenomenal. So I hope you guys liked it. 
and I hope whatever I come up with for next time is also good. <laughs> yeah, I hope it's us watching a movie of sorts. Is, is it? Isn't oh, it? wait. Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good one, Ryan. But we'll see. And in the meantime, while you wait, you should check out all the other shows at ComradeRadio.com. I'm going to plug our other show, Oops, I Talk Politics, because it's also going to be a bunch of random stuff. But next week will be me hosting a panel of lovely ladies to talk about, uh, what am I talking about? Women's issues. Yeah, <laughs> in the Trump era. Yes. So that'll be really fun. So check that out at CommonRadio.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And that's pretty much it. Cool. So I've been really trying to pad the time till Phil gets back. And I've been lost in time like Billy Pilgrim. Stay in continuity. Red Radio. Dot com, Independent Podcasting Network.